In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. In this weekend's readings for the 28th Sunday of Ordinary Time, we're talking all about food and being invited to eat and drink from God's banquet. We begin with Isaiah. Last weekend, we said Isaiah is sort of like a rapper who put out three major albums that came at different points in the life of Israel. This weekend's readings still fall in Isaiah's first album of sorts. Those are chapters 1 through 39. He's concentrating his poems on God's judgment. Last weekend, on the same first album, All About Judgment, he gave an analogy of the vineyard. This weekend, in the span of four chapters, he writes a vision of when God will take his throne as judge over the world. This was actually something very common to other religions at the time as well. They all envisioned the moment in which their supreme God would take his throne on a powerful mountain. And of course, mountains were always associated with gods and their presence. In each of these visions in which a particular God would take the throne of judgment, a huge banquet would always follow. And that's exactly where our first reading picks up this Sunday. The Lord God has mounted his throne in Jerusalem, and now, because of that, there's going to be a feast. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all peoples. In this vision, Isaiah is re-envisioning a scene from the 24th chapter of Exodus, when Moses, Aaron, Aaron's brother, and 70 elders went to Mount Sinai. There, they beheld God's presence, and as God manifested himself for judgment on a mountain, they ate and drank. The great feast always follows the enthronement, remember? But here's the difference between that scene in Exodus and now Isaiah's vision. God's feast here on the hill of Jerusalem as he's mounted his throne isn't just for the elite or the elders, the chosen 70 of Moses' time. No, God's feast is for all peoples. In fact, the word all occurs five times in just three verses in this excerpt. Isaiah is emphasizing that God is going to provide a feast for everyone, including, shockingly, the Gentiles. This is a theme throughout all of Isaiah's three albums. With this in mind, I'm skipping right to the gospel to concentrate on our central theme for this weekend. As will be the case for the next two months, the gospel once again comes from Matthew. And once again, our setting is Jesus talking to the chief priests and elders in Jerusalem. And already you should be thinking, weren't we just talking about elders with Moses and the 70 on Mount Sinai? As in the first reading, here Jesus is telling a parable about a banquet, a feast. Except in the context of Jesus' parable, he's talking about a wedding feast, something that occurred over multiple days in Jesus' time. People loved to celebrate weddings back then. And in fact, Similar to what we have today, the ancient world had a very specific RSVP system. Invitations were sent well in advance of the upcoming wedding celebration to those guests who were invited. Of course, they didn't have Eventbrite or RSVPify, so this was all done by actually sending the RSVPs in person. When they responded affirmatively, then on the day of the wedding, slaves or servants would be sent out again as reminders to those who had been invited that the celebration had begun. These servants were sort of like courtesy reminders of the invitation. So it's hard to imagine a more joyous occasion than when the wedding banquet of Jesus' parable begins. 
Moreover, a king is giving this banquet, making it an even bigger blowout party. The social obligation to attend this particular wedding would have been even more heightened since a king is giving it. Imagine if someone really famous, uh, your favorite actor or actress or the lead singer of your favorite band, was getting married and invited you to personally attend the celebration. You would, of course, go. And yet, as Jesus continues the parable, he explains that when the servants, remember the living courtesy reminders, were sent out at the beginning of the celebration to remind the guests to attend, they all refused to come. This would be embarrassing for the guests and shameful for the king. Just to avoid the shame altogether, the king sends out his servants to bring to the banquet whomever they can find. And in fact, we hear that as the celebration is going on, the servants are sent into the main roads to bring in anybody they can find. The entirety of this parable, of course, has significance for Jesus' context. Don't forget, here he's speaking to the chief priests and the elders. So Jesus is telling this parable about a king standing for God who's having a banquet standing for eternal salvation and originally invites particular guests to come standing for the elite of Israel, but they refuse to come, shown by the obstinacy of the chief priests and the elders to Jesus. And so now the invitations are extended to any and everyone standing for the Gentiles. Thus, Isaiah's vision of God's banquet with rich food and choice wine offered to all becomes realized in this parable as salvation becomes available to all peoples. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this week, the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time of Year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.